Welcome back to Single Minded. I am your host, Hannah First. And I'm your co-host, Linda. Today we're talking about old school romance. When I was in Thailand and the Canadian eye, I was posting all the stuff about him being Canadian and, and long distance and all that sort of stuff. And people were sending in the most incredible stories of their parents mm. and grandparents sending letters, you know, across the globe. And had, yep. Yeah. So like people just had some of the most amazing old school romantic stories and lots of people were complaining that modern romance is just fucked Mm. and look I couldn't agree with anyone more so my sister has an incredible old school romantic story that happened in the modern day I know so she's gonna tell that story but first we have a pretty amazing family story we do so my great aunt Audrey died when she was 92 and she had Mm -hmm. been married once with no kids and that was ended in divorce. She had a friend for many years, a male friend, and she certainly claimed to have met Frank Sinatra once and that he had flirted with her. Who knows? Yeah. So when she died, I cleaned out her house and I was just about to recycle a box of letters and cards (sighs) and I thought, hang on, maybe not, maybe I should hang on to them, which then led to you reading all of them and discovering a romance I never knew existed. (laughs) So I actually wrote a Medium article and it's called Magic Happens, Just Not on Dating Apps. So it's about the story of what happened when I discovered the letters. So basically to me, Audrey was my great, great aunt and she'd been unmarried. Well, she'd been widowed and she had no children and she'd been in a nursing home. And I didn't know anything about her life really. Mm. Like I didn't know this part of her life. Neither did I. So (laughs) my cousin and I, like my cousin, he typed all the letters up and we put them into order and basically strung together this like life story. It was really amazing. So I want to read a few bits out from my article. So Audrey's perfectly preserved letters dated back 60 years. They were thrown in a box out of order so it was hard to make sense of the timeline of her life. There was one pen pal, a Danish ship captain, Svend, who wrote to her over and over and over. The letters spanned a 13-year period. 13 wow. years. Imagine persisting with someone on a dating app for 13 <laughs> years. And- you're, lu- you're, you're lucky <laughs> if you get a 0.13 second glance. So from what I could gather from the letters, Svend and Audrey only met up a handful of times around the world when their travels coincided. In one letter he wrote, if only you and I could meet there, it would be wonderful with a V. (laughs) Sven, wonderful. (laughs) So Svend was one prolific love letter writer. He had cute cursive handwriting. His command of the English language was, well, also cute. So here's another quote. To have you in my arms again. (gasps) I can't get through it. (laughs) No, oh, no. To have you, to, <laughs> to, to have you in my arms again, to dig into the sky of love that is oh, about you when we are together goodness. and enjoy every moment you stay with me. Hold on, let me try and do that without laughing. To have you in my arms again, to dig into the sky <laughs> of love that is about you. <laughs> what? <laughs> Just wait, let me. To dig into the sky of love that is about you when we are together and enjoy every moment you stay with me. Nice. So then I've written, 
I'm not entirely sure what that means, but nevertheless, (laughs) it sounds very romantic. (laughs) I became obsessed with piecing Audrey's life together through Sven's letters. Despite air travel becoming more common, Audrey travelled by sea throughout the 1960s. In 1965, she travelled by ship for six weeks to Hong Kong. Oh, God. So long. What the hell does one do for six weeks? Remember, there was no Netflix back in the olden days. Well, I think, Hannah, they sat and chatted. Yeah, so with (laughs) with nothing else to do but stare out to sea, she did what I would have done. She struck up a few romances with fellow Uh, travellers. Yeah. In a letter she wrote on board the ship, I found it hard to follow how many romances she had during those six weeks at sea. <laughs> that sounds like <laughs> Okay. So despite, she, this is in a letter she wrote, despite writing there are no interesting males, such a me thing to say, <laughs> at least three seem to spark her attention. So here's a little quote from that letter. I have been invited by the third officer to go to dinner. He's English, nice looking, very flirtatious, but 28 <laughs> and up to my shoulder. 28? And up to her shoulder. Okay, so then there was the weirdo Dutchman. I've had some long and quite interesting conversations with him and feel sorry for him too. (laughs) Everyone hates him. And when I say how I feel about him, they all say, for God's sake, don't start feeling that way. You'll regret it if you do. (laughs) And then things got interesting, mum. There was a young Englishman trying to protect her from the Dutchman. So here's a quote from the letter. He is a most handsome young Englishman and he spends his time trying to protect me from the Dutchman. (laughs) I wish he was 15 years older and so does he. He is so tall and rugged with the most superb voice. So when I first read this letter, I thought Audrey was like in her 20s, maybe in her 30s because she's just sounded Mm. like so fun. But then this part of the letter caused me some confusion. I wish he was 15 years older. So I compared the date of the letter to her birth date. She was actually about to turn 50 during oh, that trip to Hong Kong. Oh, my goodness me. So <laughs> now let's get to let's get to the next bit. I think it's so cute. Good on her. This cute. Good on her. Good on her. She lived life to the fullest. She was a flaming redhead. Yes. So next, after arriving in Hong Kong, Audrey received a letter on a Grand Hotel Kowloon letterhead. That's a hotel. On the letterhead it said, still in room 1207, scribbled on the back. (laughs) A very presumptuous man named Austin wrote. This is so rude, by the way. I do sincerely hope that you will learn to settle down and discover that life just traveling alone is not the thing to do because you need constant affection and this is the only type of life for you, my dear. So take my advice and do as I suggested. So do you think she rejected him? I would say she was she was alone and she was traveling and mm. and she maybe said she didn't want to settle down and he's giving her he's mansplaining mm. exactly how she should live her life. So what I've written is some things never change. Kind of sounds like the olden day version of oh don't worry you just haven't met someone yet. <laughs> so how many so letters were there? Wait, this is this is where it gets really oh, interesting. Okay. Here's the magic. We've got to get to the magic bit. I found another letter that Audrey wrote during her trip to Hong Kong. She had met a woman on the ship named Billy who was staying in the peninsula. I think that's quite a nice hotel in Mm, Hong Kong. Very nice. One night, Audrey went to meet her for dinner at the hotel restaurant, and this is what she wrote. 
In this gorgeous dining room, there is a cocktail bar, which I had my back toward and Billy was facing. She suddenly said to me, there's a very nice man sitting on his own at the bar and he looks so lonely. So I turned around to look and who do you think it was? Who do you think it was? Is it Frank Sinatra? (laughs) (laughs) Sven. It's 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 Sven. Oh, my God. (laughs) So she said Sven and neither of us could believe our eyes with three exclamation marks. That is. So, yes, it was that Sven, the Danish ship captain, the 13-year-long love letter writer of all the bars and all the ship captains in the world. That sounds crazy. There he was sitting in the same bar as Audrey in Hong Kong. So then she writes. He wanted to get away from all the noise on the ship and so went to the peninsula. He might have gone to a hundred other bars and didn't know why he chose that one. He, of course, didn't see me dining and he was about to leave when Billy made me look around. Mm, Wonder what happened that night. (laughs) (laughs) So there it is. No swiping or Instagram stalking or WhatsApp video calls or Facebook messages or dropping of location pins. That's just magic. I could not believe it when I read those letters. And what I couldn't believe is that you, A, went through it all and, B, she had never mentioned any of this. I knew she was a traveller on ships, but I did not know any of this. And mm. her and I have a few things in common. Anyway, I'll link. I will link that article in the episode notes. It was quite long. How many letters, all relating to romance, do you think there were? Dozens. There were dozens of letters from Sven. Right, and then all her other letters. I at one point tried to find his family. Yes, that's right. I was just yeah, so intrigued by the whole thing. That's old school romance for you. Anyway. My sister Ruby is going to be joining me because she has a modern day version and it's quite incredible. So we'll get into that. So Ruby is joining us again and I have been begging and begging and begging for this story because it's probably the most romantic story that I've heard that happened, you know, after the 1950s (laughs) so let's start from the beginning ruby so i'm at work one day minding my own business and it's valentine's day i am single so i have no hope of anything coming to me on valentine's day and i receive this letter in the mail or it's a package i guess and i open it and it's got a handwritten letter and a jewelry box with uh (laughs) with a ring from a really nice jeweler in Melbourne. And I'm just like, what the fuck? It was real gold with a real ruby. Yeah. Right? It's like a very nice, pricey, really nice ring. And I've pulled out the things that I was given. So here is the letter showing it to Hannah. It's got roses on the front. So it says, Ruby, I hope this gift brightens your day. I think you will like it. Life is short and sometimes it is nice to try and make someone happy from afar and to remind them how special they are, even from under a veil of (laughs) anonymity. I'm really sorry about what happened last year. There's so much more that could be said, but words are meaningless. Perhaps this gesture will partially balance out my karma deficit in the universe. Have a wonderful Valentine's Day. And it's signed from yep. from your secret admirer. And so we thought that it was this guy that you dated, right? Yeah. So and I it was definitely like, was not. <laughs> I I'm racking my brain 
to figure out who is this from. I have literally no idea. I don't know why this person would be apologizing for anything because I have no fucking clue who it is. The last guy that I dated, he had like, yeah, he'd, he'd had like bad dating etiquette. He'd been like super flaky and I pulled him up on it and was like, hey, you should probably just date someone that you like because this is super annoying. Mm-hmm. And he was so sorry about it. So I was like, maybe it's that guy, but that guy's not romantic <laughs> at all. He's just like, <laughs> I can't imagine him doing anything like this. Like he's so flaky as if. So I, yeah. after, you know, having a bit of a blow up with this guy and telling him what was what and not speaking to him for a really long time, I text him to catch up for a coffee and we catch up <laughs> and I'm waiting for him to bring it up and he yes. doesn't say anything. And then like halfway through the coffee, he's like, yeah, I was really surprised that you wanted to catch up with me. Oh no. <laughs> Cause you thought it was the ring and it wasn't him. Yeah. And so in my head, I'm like, yeah, I'm really surprised that I wanted to catch up with you too. Cause it's obviously not you. <sighs> And so it was just a huge mystery. I had no idea who it would be, just no clue whatsoever. So then I emailed the jeweler because I'm just, Mm. I got to know. And yeah, the jeweler says, hey, I don't think he wanted me to tell you who it was, but it's this person. And I was (laughs) shook. Naughty jeweler. I know, but also like it's fair if you want to know. Sorry, but that's jeweler, Julie, confidentiality. (laughs) (laughs) I had to know though. Yeah. It's kind of fair, I think, to say because it's just like. It could be a stalker. Yeah. So I am totally in shock. Like this is a person I haven't spoken to or heard of in like eight years Mm. have no idea what they're up to apart from maybe having them on Instagram really have no idea why they would be my secret admirer they don't even really know anything about me anymore so I just sat on it I was just confused Mm. I didn't want to reach out and a few months go by I'm like at a music event and I'm posting stories and he replies to one of my stories just like an opener And I'm like desperate to know why I got sent a ring (laughs) and desperate to know what he's sorry about because I just have no clue. So we chat for a bit and then he reveals that it was him that sent me the ring and I pretended like I didn't know and (laughs) that, you know, he wasn't planning on saying anything because the intention was that it was just a gesture, something good to put out in the universe to make someone feel good who he admired from afar. Which is so nice. Oh, that <laughs> like is quite altruistic. And it, I remember when you got it, you were you were so happy. Like, well, he did want to go on a date, but you know that's beside the point. It was a very very kind gesture. Wait, I didn't want to wait. What? No, he wanted to go on a date. He just was courting you. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Like when I on the Valentine's Day, <laughs> I felt so pretty that day. Oh, I had a real stride in my step. I was like, wow. <laughs> Someone really likes me enough to do that. Like it's quite bonkers because I feel like that never happens. Yeah. That was it. We chatted on Instagram message and then a few more weeks pass and I get a letter sent to work again, a letter with two tickets to the opera inside Mm -hmm. and the letter, it explains what he was sorry for, which honestly it was something that didn't even affect me. Like I had no idea it mm. even happened. It was something to do with um, work that indirectly was to do with me and I think he thought that 
he'd done something bad and he just hadn't and I had no idea what he was saying sorry for. But that he explains in the letter and he says, I realize I don't know you at all and that these tickets and ring must seem totally insane and over the top. They are by any objective measure. I think I last spoke to you properly in person six to eight years ago. But as I said Mm. in my last letter, life is short and sometimes it's nice to do things that are a bit extravagant and out of the ordinary. It will probably Mm. be more memorable than catching up for a coffee. Mm. And (laughs) Where's my ring? And this is the other bit that he says. He says there is, of course, absolutely no pressure at all to come with me. The tickets are a gift for you to do with as you wish. Send them on to someone else, take a friend or the person you're seeing or throw them away. I'm not fussed either way and I promise I won't bother you again if you choose not to come with me and or choose not to respond to this letter. I guess things would just go on as they had been. We are from very different worlds. So... It was meant to be casual, but it was so overwhelming. Yeah. It was such a lovely thing to do and such an unusual thing to do. So it definitely, I was so curious to meet with him and just Mm. be like, I I don't understand what you're, Mm. because no one does this, but it was definitely overwhelming. And I remember chatting to dad about it and being like, do you think it's safe? Like, is it safe to go on a date in this kind of situation? Because it's so unusual. Yeah, because- we think that guys that are assholes on dating apps, that's safe. Guys that flake us is safer. Yeah, because they're not that interested. Because <laughs> they're not that interested. <laughs> they're not going to kill me because they don't really care. Whereas a guy that makes a really big romantic gesture, we we think that's so bizarre. He must be a serial killer. I know. Yeah. Oh. And it was honestly really gutsy to send something like that. I did not have the guts, still don't have the guts to do anything like Mm. that and face that kind of rejection. Mm. So I did. I went to the opera with him. I met him for dinner and then we went to the opera together. Now, what what was the dress code? No, I don't want to say that bit. (laughs) Why? I don't want to say. It was, go on, it was. No, because he was in formal attire because it was like an opera. Yep. And I was an informal attire because I'd come from work. He'd said, you know, it's a fun way to dress up in a tux. And I thought he was joking. Oh, Oh, God. (laughs) You're really not made for old school romance. I thought he was joking. I was like, I'll just go from work. So I felt kind of bad about that. (laughs) Oh, God. Being overdressed is always fine. I live by that. But everyone else at the opera was overdressed, right? Well, like I was in like upmarket work here. Okay, but was everyone else at the opera black tie? No, it was probably like 50-50. It was okay. formal work gear, cocktail, and definitely some black tie. Okay, yeah. So continue with the story. We had a good night together. We watched the opera. I ended up getting... I'm sorry, but one question. Is the opera as boring as it sounds? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I knew it. I knew you were, I knew you were bored. I knew it. We're not we are not opera We're people. not opera people. Yeah, okay. But you know, he thought I was yeah. quite artsy and so he was doing something uh, that he thought I would that was, you know, like my jam. Nah, she's mainstream. She's yeah. more mainstream. I'm just yep. She likes to go to Marvel movies, actually. <laughs> not, okay. In the intermission, I was like, get me another wine because I have no fucking yeah. clue what's going on in this opera. And so then after the intermission, I like got the giggles. <laughs> I was like, what am I doing here? Yeah. I just ended up thinking it was a bizarre, really funny thing to do. And we left and like we parted ways. Kiss on the cheek. Yeah, I think we had like a hug, yep. went our separate ways. I didn't feel that there was 
much in common between us. Okay. Like after getting yeah. to know each other. So I I felt really guilty about it, but I didn't yeah. reach back out to him. And then he he followed me up. This is the best bit. <laughs> oh no, not this bit. Yeah, keep going. Almost. He followed me up after maybe a week. He hadn't heard from me and he was like, I don't know if you felt that connection kind of I don't know, I'm paraphrasing, I don't really remember. But anyway, asked me out again and we went for a drink, which was much more much more cash. cash. Yeah. So when we were at dinner, I was talking about how Call Me By Your Name was like one of my favorite movies we'd gotten onto the topic because he was going to have something to do with the writer who was coming to Melbourne. Oh, So like when we went out for this drink, he'd brought me another gift, which is a signed copy of the book. Oh, and it's honestly, Call Me By Your Name's one of our favorite movies, like, Ruby and I saw it together. It. Yeah. yeah. Did we? And there's a quote. There's a <laughs> did quote. Did we see it together? Yeah, we saw it together before I went to Thailand. Um, no, 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 before oh, I went we on that did. Trip. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was so good. And there was that quote in that movie that sums up old school romance. Yes. Yeah, and so it's a signed copy and I'm just going to flick to the page. So the author has written for Ruby, better to speak <laughs> than die. And then signed his name. Yeah. So that's the classic quote from that movie is. Better to speak than die. It's better to speak than die. Yeah. And he, the guy I was going on a drink with, he left a note in it. And he said, think of the quote existentially, not romantically, i.e. it's always best to act in accordance with your authentic self rather than live wondering what would have been. Now, what I. He also. Can I make an. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, more. There's more. Okay. Now it's getting a bit much. Now it's getting a bit much. He, that book, honestly, I would have married him right there and then if I got that book with that quote. I would have been like, oh, yes. He also, because he knows I'm a designer, he'd gone to a store where there's a typewriter and he typed up on this really beautiful old, not old, but it's like a handmade piece of paper. And he said in the letter... I'm just going to pick up the best quote. Must be a long letter. It is. (laughs) Yeah, so he just kind of explained himself, you know, why he's gone to these lengths. And he said, Mm. I'm saying all of this now in case I don't get the chance to again. I get that these gestures are over the top and not casual. I don't feel uncomfortable doing them because I've spent many years doing things that I didn't want to and not fully expressing myself. I'd only feel uncomfortable if you did. I'm really happy at the moment and I've just tried to shine some happiness into other people's lives, even anonymously. If you practice non-attachment, these gestures can mean as much or as little as you want them to. There are no expectations. I just think it's a fun thing to do, which makes life a little bit literary. At the very least, maybe it will be a nice memory one day. Oh, well, I was going to say, Ruby and I talk about this story all the time and he has left his mark, not only on your life, but he's left a mark on my life. I think about him often. (laughs) Honestly, it was a literary moment. He's right. He's like injecting something otherworldly into our modern world dating app bullshit you know shit show that he's dating now yes and I felt that what he did really stood out for you and it stood out to me and now we're talking about it on this podcast episode Mm. so it was just a really cool thing to do I mean look to be honest with you I thought the ring maybe was a little bit too spendy for um yeah first date yeah yeah yeah. expensive ring you've still got that ring 
Well, I asked if I could have it because your boyfriend, you got a boyfriend. Yeah, it's like a lucky love ring because I got the ring and I got a boyfriend straight after. So <laughs> it's, like, it's like a lucky ring. I liked what he said about non-attachment and I think that's really interesting when we think about like going up to someone and asking them out or getting their number or whatever, or, you know, asking them to meet up, it's like practicing that non-attachment. Mm. He didn't have any attachment to any outcome. He just was doing it because he said like it's living his authentic literary life. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we really are so scared to face rejection and mm. I'm guilty of in the past acting too cool to even try or to put myself out there. Yeah. And so what ends up happening is you're not courting anyone and they're not courting mm. you. Everything's mm. just as casual as possible. Like, are you looking yeah. for a relationship? Oh, you know, I'm just taking yeah. it easy. It's just Oh, I mean, if the right person comes along, yeah. So we've become very casual, you're right. Yeah. But I love in like period dramas when there's proper courting and like yep. men and women can both do a modern take on that today where you actually pursue well, someone with well, gusto. Actually- when you think about it, imagine if you two had had a connection and imagine if things had worked out. I know. And you get to tell that story. That story gets to be your meeting story. I know. So I, know. I just think he's really, you know, good on him. He's made an impact on our lives and, and <laughs> now hopefully he's made an impact on your lives, listeners. And <laughs> yes, and he's um, got a girlfriend and I'm sure he's continuing oh, these romantic yes. <laughs> gestures with her as well. Lucky, lucky <laughs> girl. Lucky lady. Hopefully her name's Diamond. <laughs> <laughs> he did teach me a lot with putting himself out there and just putting it all on the table. And what mm. I regret is not reaching back out to him after oh. that second date. And I think. And saying like. He knew that, like we both knew that we didn't have enough in common. But I mm. I didn't ghost him because no one texted each other back. But I wish that I'd said, hey. You've got a quill. You've got some ink. <laughs> You've got ink and a quill. And <laughs> literally <laughs> a rejection letter. It's not, it's not you. It's not a rejection letter. It's a thank you letter. <laughs> yeah, but with a you did it with ink and cursive writing. <laughs> it's saying thank you for making a memory for me and for making me feel yes. very yeah, so special. That's not something that yeah. you generally feel in everyday life. Mm. Everything's a bit mundane, and he just well, it's transactional, really. It's transactional. And so, you know, it's a memory that I will never forget. Mm. And I've certainly learnt my lesson that it's better to speak than die. Oh, and on that note. And on that note. Thanks, Ruby. We'll have you back. Thanks. That was really good. I'm so glad you finally shared that story. Linda, you emailed me when we were planning this episode and you said to me, do I have an old school, an old school romantic story? And unfortunately, I don't. Come on. I don't think I've ever. You can't think of one. I don't think anyone has ever. Oh, Hannah, it's coming though. It's coming. (laughs) I don't think anyone has made a grand romantic gesture. gesture in the early days of dating. I cannot believe that. I was trying to think back myself and nothing was coming to mind. About me. I mean, about I had you. I had two 
serious boyfriends in my 20s and That's they right. no gestures no big gestures yeah yeah they definitely did my first boyfriend did like a treasure hunt on our anniversary around Melbourne yeah similar to my treasure hunt which we've already discussed and we won't be yeah, yeah. discussing again and then I'm trying to think and actually that do you reckon that was a romantic gesture <laughs> <laughs> I don't I'm trying to think if I mean, I had some from India that were pretty. Mm, it's going to happen for you. <laughs> I'm going to ask the universe to send you some old school romance. But I feel a bit sad for myself now. <laughs> well, of course, in my day, someone had to pursue the other person with intent mm. because someone took your phone number. They had to ring you, make a date. There was no texting. Mm-hmm. And I did make a brief mention of this on a previous episode that after a couple of dates with Rob, he rang me on a Friday night on my home phone and said, are you doing anything this weekend? And I said, nothing planned, no doubt. I think in my mind I was waiting for him to call because I would never have called. And he said, okay, good, we're heading off to Queenscliff. I'll pick you up in an hour. In my day, you couldn't text to say you're out the front in the car. You actually had to knock on the door and pick someone (laughs) up properly. That is really missing today. Yeah. He drove a, it was quite a romantic car. It was a Pontiac Parisian. That's a massive American Mm -hmm. car. And the trip took about an hour and a half and we listened to Ella Fitzgerald on the tape deck the whole way and I sat right up next to him in the middle seat because the front would have seated four people probably and he'd booked a room with a big four-poster bed and a fireplace and a little bit sexy, we won't go on with that. So we were then heading off towards the Twelve Apostles the next day but he did fail to book the second night's a com and in his usual style he thought he'd find something on the day mm-hmm. but there was no rooms to be found and we ended up at after dinner, we had dinner at the Port Campbell pub and after that we had to sleep in the car in the visitor car park of the Twelve <laughs> Apostles. So, okay, it started off well and then it took a slightly wrong turn. But looking back, it was very romantic. But and overall, that's <laughs> not that romantic, I would uh, say. Maybe not now so much. It was, it was a memorable <laughs> weekend away. And just like the famous Ella Fitzgerald song, Rob was bewitched. well you moved in four months later so clearly he was so I don't yes well that's why I don't have a lot of stories because you know we moved in after four months and then it all just became you know normal I mean to be honest with you I probably more so than anyone else that I know have whirlwind romances I would say and so maybe that's my version like yeah yeah I either am not interested or whirlwind. it's whirlwind. And I would say actually one of the funny stories in Thailand was we went, we, we, I wanted to go to like a nice Italian restaurant for dinner with the Canadian and um, we got all dressed up. We both, well, Thailand dressed up, but I put my makeup on and like my nicest outfit and we, <laughs> we got to the restaurant and it was empty. So it was oh. just us. <laughs> no, no, no. So first of all, that was fucking awkward. And then second of all, the chef, an Italian guy, <laughs> came out and talked at us for 20 minutes oh. about about how hard business is. Oh, my God. Killed the passion. <laughs> and 
And so he's telling us he imports all his flour from Italy and it's cost this much and blah. And so we're sitting there, both of us dead silent, (laughs) nodding our heads. And as we leave, the Canadian was like, I mean, we're just trying to have a romantic (laughs) dinner at your restaurant and you're telling us how hard life is. (laughs) Now, I do want to make mention of one other thing. Have you watched Love on the Spectrum? I haven't, but I should. Okay. So there's the Aussie version and the US version and they do proper dates. So Mm -hmm. they call the person up on the phone and organise the date. And the people on the show are learning how to date and they do take it very seriously and they treat every date with so much respect. And when the date finishes, they usually ask, would you like to do this again? And there are varying answers, but often it's a yes. So the US version on Netflix I've just finished and I want to make mention of Abby is matched up with David. He always shows up with a gift bag. Oh, yeah. They both love animals. And on the first date, he gives her a flamingo bracelet. On the second date, he brings her a small elephant and a red cap. He likes red. On the third date, he brings her a tiger soft toy and a red chocolate rose. And then at Christmas, he arrives. My heart. I know. It's just divine. Then at Christmas, he arrives with a bunch of red roses and a blue bag from Las Vegas. And I got a bit excited, but then I got confused because... The ribbon was navy and Tiffany ribbon is white. Anyway, whatever. It was a heart necklace in a blue box. And she gives him a bag and says, this is to say thank you for how well you treat me. And it was full of lollies and a red beanie with a lion on it. Oh, my God, the show. That's what we all need to watch and take we lessons need more of that in our life. from Love on the Spectrum. Yeah, mm. we need more of that in our lives, definitely. And I had one little question to ask you. Do you remember you used to say you wish you were in a Jane Austen novel? Yes. Why was that? So my opinion of modern dating is that it all just goes so quickly and there's no courting anymore and there's there's no like feeling like you don't know how the other person feels and like I think that sexual tension build up we need more of that so Mm. when you don't know if someone likes you and you're like oh does he like me does he not like me and that's probably what I meant because I just love how the sexual tension builds up for eight episodes and you're like oh hurry up yes we just don't goes on and on we don't experience that anymore like there's no tension anymore it's just like swipe right swipe left it's sort of like window shopping for dates with no input Push. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I really do. As I've said it before, I feel sorry for you people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard. I guess the other option is that you just wait around and or not wait around, but you wait for magic to happen in real life. And it does happen. I mean, the thought of going on a dating app makes me feel mm. sick, but I don't know what other options mm. there are for people at no, this stage. Anyway, on the happy note. Anyway, okay, all right. Well, we'll um, we'll see you soon. If you made it this far, I'm hoping that you enjoyed the podcast. If you could subscribe and leave a five-star rating and review, that would be much appreciated. It really helps other people find the podcast. Not that I'm desperate or anything. 